Hello, FPL bosses. Hope everyone's doing well. Let's talk soccer. All right, guys. If your game week three was anything like my game week three, then we need to talk because it was a shock. It was just an outright mean, rude game week to a lot of us. And I know that a lot of people played their wild card too, so it was extra discouraging, I'm sure, at least to a lot of managers. A lot of the ones that that we've had some dialogue with or have left us comments on our Instagram page or that we've seen in our Twitter feed, and uh, it's a pretty common feeling right now throughout the FPL community. So you are definitely not alone. But let's start with saying this. Don't let that take you off of your strategy or, or even get inside your head. This is bound to happen, right? This game, as much as there is a level of skill to it, and predictability even, we might say, there's still so much luck that, that comes into play, right? Jimenez, by all means, should have probably scored a goal, maybe two, against West Ham. Ends up scoring one, right? But he puts it in the wrong goal. So things like that happen. Now, that's not going to happen every week. More often than not, Jimenez will score in the right goal. This is probably his one big howler this season. So... Now we, it's out of the way. We can count on him again, right? So just know that things like that are bound to happen at some point. Every week can't be 75, 92, you know, 103 points all the way through. If it was, then you would win FPL every year. So let's just keep shooting for that nice, steady 65-ish points, give or take. Average that throughout the season, then you're sitting really, really pretty. So one game week, maybe even two, maybe even the first three game weeks is not going to tank anyone's season. Consistency really matters, right? So don't start taking a lot of hits. Don't knee jerk and start chasing unproven, untested players just because they might have had one good game under their belts. Look at, at Gabrielle as an example. Uh, game week one, I think it was, he came out and made a statement. But really since then, haven't seen or heard much from him. So just be careful of players like that. Now, I could look at myself in the mirror and say the same exact thing because we've owned Werner since week one. By all accounts, he should probably be on three to five goals right now, maybe an assist or two, just based off of the hype, based off of his history in the Bundesliga, even in the Champions League. The guy's a world-class striker, and we know that. That nine and a half million pound price tag, I think, is what has a lot of his owners, us included, maybe even a little more frustrated than usual. That money could have gone towards... Ings, Jimenez, Jesus when he was fit, uh, you know, a, a big down payment on um, on Jamie Vardy, Martial, players like that. So it's 
now about weathering the storm and how we all kind of emerge from that. So our advice right off the bat, don't overreact to this. <clears throat> We've got a an international break coming up after game week four. The transfer window closes on, I believe it's Saturday of this coming weekend, of this game week. So that will be behind us at some point, and we can start to be a little more assured of things. We can sort of rest during the international break, keep an eye on players that interest us without feeling that that ultimate sense of urgency that sits on a lot of FPL manager shoulders of trying to beat price changes or uh, making game time decisions or things like that. So um, we're all in this together. We'll all get through this together, and we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. The start to this season for us is the other end of the spectrum to how it was last year, and I think that's probably the same for a lot. I think in game week one last season, we started with 94 points, and the highest we ever got was maybe somewhere around 100K uh, in terms of overall rank throughout the season. So we are, um, we're, we're not, we're not quite that low right now. We're about, uh, seven times higher than that, maybe seven and a half times higher than that. So we've got some work to do, but the, the key here is just chip away at it little by little, find those informed players or try to get early, um, or at the very start of those informed players, Look at the data. We talk about that all the time. Look at the data. Look at the players you're interested in, whether it be uh, attacking stats, defensive stats. Look at, if you're looking at a, an attacker, look at the defensive records and the underlying stats of the teams that they're going up against. Are these the types of defenses that are allowing a lot of shots in the box and um, conceding a lot of big chances? Uh, what's their expected... Uh, clean sheets, things like that will will help you make much more well-informed decisions and take some of the, the guesswork out of it. Um, as we've probably said on the, the last podcast, if I remember correctly, that's what led us to Martinez. And we were among those that we're aware of. We're not going to say that we were the first ones to jump on Martinez, but we did jump on him that first week that Villa were were eligible to play, um, which was game week two. So he was in our squad, and what led us there is just looking at Austin Villa's defensive record post-restart and how tight they were, um, how, how few big chances they were conceding, uh, all of the, the potential that was there, and then you add in a goalkeeper like Martinez who did wonders with Arsenal post restart, you combine those two things, and that's what really was a very clear signal to us to to go with Martinez. So things like that help, um, and having access to tools and data and tips, those are all extremely valuable in our minds too, and we've mentioned this, that we have an affiliation with Fantasy Football Hub, and we absolutely love it. Even if we didn't have this kind of partnership or relationship, if you want to call it that, um, we would still use their tool or at least a tool like that. So we highly recommend that you 
give the various tools a try. Fantasy Football Hub should be one of them. It's one of probably the top two uh, in a maybe three or four resource type of horse race there, but um, we love it for a variety of reasons, a lot of what I just sort of illustrated to you. But find the one that you like best. Everybody's going to have a, a different experience and, and want different things and just feel more comfortable with with different um, resources like a fantasy football hub. So if you want to give it a try, go to the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page, click the link in our bio, and you'll get 15% off of any of the subscriptions that are available. And we're talking, I think, about a pound and a half a month once that 15% discount is applied. So all of them, too, I believe should have some sort of a free trial period, too. So, so give it a try for free. Uh, the international break may be actually the perfect time to really get in there, play around with it a little bit. You've got some extra time and see if maybe that will help you. All right, uh, enough about us and enough about me. All right, so let's, let's first get to your questions. So um, earlier we had posted a call for questions and you guys responded as you always do um, in high numbers. So let's go through these questions and we're gonna answer these for you. And then um, we may have a couple of other little little bits to discuss towards the end. All right, so we're just going to read through these and um, and see where we land. So the first one is, can ASM or Allen St. Maximum make a comeback? Yes, we think so. We saw a couple of pictures today, I believe it was, and we're recording this on, on Wednesday, um, of him in training, looked like maybe some individual stuff, maybe some light training, but it looks like he's on his way back uh, from a, a match fitness standpoint. In terms of as an FPL asset, yeah, I think so. Newcastle started out well this season, and then the, the wheels have kind of fallen off of the bus. So it's just a matter of can that team get things back in order. Whatever was working for them at the very start of the season has sort of lost its way. So it's just a matter of them getting back on track because if you look at their fixtures and let's week four this coming game week, uh, they're home to Burnley. Week five is a little more challenging. Home to Manchester United, although man, you haven't looked all that fantastic either. So uh, there's absolutely an opportunity to do something there. Uh, and we saw that, albeit last minute and maybe a little bit of a controversial uh, penalty call, Newcastle did score uh, away to Spurs in week three. So anything's possible. But looking at the fixtures after week five or six, let's say, uh, according to the FDR on the FPL website, the fixtures are pretty favorable for Newcastle. So, um, you know, yes, I do think uh, as a short answer that, that ASM can definitely um, make a comeback and find his way back as a, um, as a somewhat valuable FPL asset. Let's remember, it's a five and a half million pound player. So we can't expect realistically that he'll 
be have a goal involvement week in and week out. But if you can temper your expectations based on that type of a price point, then yes. Um, Potence looks to be sort of the flavor of the month right now in terms of uh, five and a half million pound midfielders. I think Suchek is also an amazing asset and he's half a million less. Uh, he seems to be involved in just about everything going on with that West Ham attack. And <clears throat> I think ASM can be right there as well. So if you have him, I say keep the faith. Keep an eye on uh, manager press conferences. Those happen Thursday and Friday of this week. So, of course, any team news will post and keep you updated and informed. And hopefully we'll learn a little bit more as to whether or not uh, St. Maximum is available for selection this weekend. Uh, next question. <laughs> Ironically enough, the best budget midfielder for $5.5 I think it's Potence. We saw... What level of influence and impact he has in a game um, against Man City, right? Um, in game week two, I guess it was. And then in game week three, he was out with an injury, and Wolves looked lost. Now, he's not the only reason for that, but I do believe that he's a, an important part of how that attack flows. So... If I was going to recommend a five and a half million pound midfielder, and that's exactly what I'm being asked to do, then then I would have to go with Potence. Uh, in terms of order of preference, it's Potence, Suchek, and then um, and then we've got maybe Saint Maximin, although I'm not a hundred percent sold on him. He looked good, like I said, at the very beginning of the season, and then um, hasn't really done all that much recently so we can also look at um, Costa or Click as well and um, they're both equal in terms of uh, Costa actually has one more FPL point than than Click does um, so it's just a really a matter of preference they're both priced at 5.6 million um, but don't let players like Hendrick, for instance, kind of trick you into um, into grabbing them. I don't think that's worth it. Uh, and then uh, Danjana uh, from West Brom, I think, is an interesting pick, too. Although he'd probably be a little further down my list, not loving the West Brom attack right now. And one other player, I'll say, and I don't know that I would recommend making a move on him yet, but one to watch is McGinn. He had a he had a great game, uh, I guess that was Monday night, looked great, involved in a couple of goals, and you can just tell how important he is to that Villa attack. I'm sure that Grealish is, is happy to have him back, so I would expect McGinn to maybe have a somewhat decent run of form coming up here. So if you have the... Um, the guts or the foresight, I guess, to um, take a player like that. He could be a massive differential. All right, next up, will Mount start, or should I do Mount to Foden for negative four? Absolutely not. I don't think so. And here's why. Lampard loves Mount. Just here's a 
a misnomer that, that is extremely um, persistent and prevalent throughout the FPL community. Just because a player plays in a midweek cup match doesn't mean that he's not going to play in his league match this weekend. Yes, it does happen sometimes, but more often than not, especially if you're an important player to your team, you'll play both. You'll start both. You may have reduced minutes in one or the other, but I really have no concerns that Mount won't start for Chelsea this weekend. And there's nothing guaranteed that Foden will either. Now, Foden didn't play even one minute in City's Carabao Cup match today, um, but that doesn't mean that he's going to start this weekend, or maybe that he'll even play again, although I think he will get some playing time this weekend. I just don't know how much. But uh, Ferran Torres looked strong. Uh, a goal, an assist, I think five key passes and three big chances created, something along those lines. I, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong, but um, but impressive nonetheless. So um, I would say stick with Mount until Ziyech and Pulisic are back and that Chelsea front four is locked in. But for now, uh, Lampard seems extremely... Um, confused as to what the right mix of players is and and where to put them. So um, I think he's going to look for players that he can rely on, and Mount is probably top of his list. So please don't do that to yourself. Imagine if um, Foden doesn't start this week. That would be that would be some wasted points. So I, I don't recommend doing that. <clears throat> Next up. Uh, Fernandez or Aubameyang as captain? It's a tough one, right? Aubameyang hasn't looked great. Fernandez um, was maybe lucky on his returns for United this past weekend. Got a uh, post post uh, injury time penalty that he converted, uh, which as an owner I was thrilled about, um, and also an assist on Rashford's goal, although that was 99.9% Rashford <clears throat> doing the work himself on that goal. So um, I neither of them is in particularly good form. Um, so a, a little bit of, uh, of a question there. Now, uh, we've got Arsenal at home to Sheffield United, and we've got <clears throat> Man United home to Spurs. Based on the fixture... I'm going to go with, with a bombing. All other things being equal, I'll go with a bombing. He's due, quite honestly, uh, for a haul. And he's a player that can easily score uh, two, maybe even a hat trick in any given game. Whereas I think with Bruno, you may get a, an assist or two. You may get a goal and an assist. But I, I just think the ceiling is higher on a bombing. So he'll be my choice for that one. Um, next question, will Potence play? Don't know. Um, haven't seen any pictures or video or rumors of him being at practice, but that doesn't mean anything at all. Uh, once again, I think we wait for Nuno to have his press conference either tomorrow or Friday. Uh, if you're listening to this this evening on Wednesday as I'm recording it. Um, but I think and I hope as an owner that he will be back. Um, but I just don't know 
the severity of his injury. I believe I heard it was a shoulder injury, which it seems like that team is plagued with shoulder injuries. If you think about how many times last year, Triore uh, injured his shoulder and re-injured his shoulder in games or in trainings and such. So um, I don't know what's going on there, um, but uh, there seems to be a curse on players' shoulders. Next question, Mane or Salah for game week three? I don't know if you mean captain or to get, um, so we'll talk about both. I've, I've got to lean, and I've said this in previous podcasts, I've got to lean in favor of Salah simply because he is on penalties. So if, because everything else is equal with them, Salah tends to do better at home games, Mane tends to do a little better in away games, um, they're, they're the same price, so I think the the penalty duty, especially with the number of penalties that's being awarded this season so far, I think I have to lean in favor of Salah. So whether that's to acquire in your team or captain, I'll say the same. And yes, I know that Salah is, um, is not as productive away as he is at home, but that's got to change at some point. I, I don't think... Honestly, that either he or Mane will haul this weekend. Uh, they're away to Villa. Villa's been playing tough. Not to say that that they're going to have a third clean consecutive clean sheet, but um, I think Liverpool will will have their work cut out for them. And we can see in a team like Liverpool too that goals tend to get distributed to a couple or a few players when they're on a good run. All right, uh, Rodriguez, I'm guessing that is James or Mares for game week three. This is an interesting one. I think Mares has a much higher ceiling if we're talking about high ceilings again. Uh, look at what he did over the weekend. Um, I mean, from early in the game, that I think it was even a right-footed shot, if I remember correctly, and he's a natural lefty, so... Uh, what he did with that right foot, if I remember correctly, was was something extra special. It's just a matter of whether he'll start or not. If you're looking for more of a sure thing and more of a consistent thing, I say go for James. Uh, Richarlison could be out. Looks like he, he turned his ankle some uh, in the Carabao Cup match this evening. So keep an eye on that. <clears throat> but um, James looks like the real deal, at least these first three games. He... Look, he's actually a lot of fun to watch, and he's he's been involved, and he's making phenomenal passes, has great vision, everything you want out of that type of a player. So I would say go with him. Next up, is it time to sell Werner for someone cheaper? That is the question of the, the game week, isn't it? Um, listen... If you have other fires to put out in your team, I say tend to those first. You could be a lot worse off than to have Werner in your team. At some point, things are going to click for him, things are going to align, and he's going to start doing what everybody assumed he would do at the start of the season. Switching leagues, switching homes, all of those things um, can have an impact, and, and 
more players than not take some time to adjust. Now you've got a player like Bruno who came in and literally hit the ground running. I think it was game two. Um, he was already, or his second game, I should say, with the team, um, he was already on fire. But that's much more the exception than the rule. So I would do it in sort of order of this priority. If you have other fires to tend to, tend to those first. If it means taking a hit to replace him, I would say think twice, maybe three times about doing that. I don't think that's a great idea. And thirdly then, if all of those other things are checked off and you don't have to worry about other needs in your team or taking a hit and you have a free hit to use, then maybe so, especially if it's going to help you rest easier. Um, I think both Ings and Jimenez are phenomenal shouts for this weekend. I'm having a hard time deciding uh, which one I like better. Maybe Ings just because of the fixture, and I feel like he's due um, a brace. Just my own prediction, but you've heard it here first. So um, that's what I would say. Even if Werner's price drops a little bit, that happens. The, unless you're a manager that is much more concerned with team value than overall rank, these uh, drops or rises here and there shouldn't really um, even be on your radar, quite honestly. So um, hopefully that answers. It's not a, a definitive yes or no. Um, but there's a certain list of criteria I think you need to go through when considering a transfer of that site. Uh, okay, next question. Captain suggestions among De Bruyne, Bruno, Calvert-Lewin, Mane, James, and Jimenez. Wow, you have got a stacked team, my friend. Of those, first on my list is De Bruyne. He's started the season very, very well. That Man City team is, and I've said this many times, you look at last season and even the season before that, the number of goals they score, uh, the number of shots they take, the number of big chances they create, and so on. And just the amount of talent on that team, even with a couple of key injuries, is uh, is hard to, to find elsewhere in the league. So I would start with him as my captain. I think City will, especially coming off of just a flat-out beatdown from Leicester City, uh, the fact that there were three penalties against City in the one game, I think um, it was. I think it was a bad, bad game for them. So um, just you know, seeing and sort of understanding a little bit about Pep. And, of course, that team and them being professionals and the types of players they have, I think they will come out, and this will be a statement game from them. And, of course, De Bruyne is, um, is the man to lead the charge there. So he would be my first. Um, next up, if I had to choose another one, it'd be between Calvert-Lewin and Jimenez for different reasons. Jimenez because of the fixture that... Wolves have their at home to Fulham and um, Everton play Brighton, but with Calvert Lewin. So for Jimenez, it's about the fixture um, and he's consistent and I'm sure he'll score, especially if Potence is back. If Potence is back, I think um, I think Jimenez might be a, a second 
um, behind De Bruyne, but but barely in front of Calvert Lewin. Um, Calvert Lewin is in amazing form. He had a hat trick in tonight's uh, Carabao Cup match. But at some point, that has to run out, right? And that's actually a question that we sort of posed, uh, maybe a bit of a rhetorical question that we posed uh, in one of our posts on, Insta on uh, Instagram this evening, is uh, when does that run out? Because the key to all of this is catching players um, as they're coming into form, not as they're starting to go out of form. So um, Calvert-Loon has had such an amazing uh, goal-filled start to the season that I just feel like that's going to start to trend down and bottom out sometime soon. Um, he'll regain it at some point, but uh, not that it's going to go away forever, but um, I'm just uh, sort of aware of, of what the possibilities may be there. Um, Sun or Vardy, well, um, both are flagged as injured right now. And I don't, maybe this is, it's literally just Sun or Vardy question mark. Maybe... This person's asking updates on them. Um, Sun will be out until after the international break. We know that. And I haven't heard an update on Vardy. Uh, but if this is a question about who to pick, obviously it would be Vardy for now, unless uh, Rogers tells us differently in his press conference this week. Sterling transfer in instead of Bruno. Um, does I'm guessing, and sometimes I have to assume some things here, um, or I'll do a couple of different versions of this question because it's not super clear. Um, I'm going to as assume that this manager already owns Bruno and wants to know whether it's worth transferring Sterling in. Um, sort of the same sort of checklist, I would say, that I just did for Werner. Are there other fires that you need to put out? Is it for a hit? If it is, I'm not sure it's that great of an idea. Um, but if there's nothing else to tend to and there's no hit, then maybe so. Um, let's see what City's upcoming fixtures look like. They've got a nice little run. Now, here's the thing, too. Um, after this week, we go into the international break. So you're really only getting Sterling for one game week. An informed Sterling at that. But still, um, what is the Sterling form going to look like post restart uh, after playing for England um, you know taking great form into a break definitely doesn't guarantee that you're going to have great form coming back out of that break so I'd be a little bit wary with that quite honestly um, if you're comfortable with a one-week punt then um, then go for it um, Maybe that's worth it. Now, if this manager is asking, he's going to make a transfer and wants to know whether to bring in Sterling or bring in Bruno, then I would say bring in Sterling. Um, a better informed squad, I believe, and Sterling is in much better form than Bruno at the moment. All right. Um, let's see. We've got a few more questions here. This is a pretty common one, too. Replacement for Sun. There's actually a lot of good options, uh, and we've talked about a lot of them already. There's James, there's Mares, uh, I think Harvey Barnes is a really, really great option. I think if you can afford the extra half a million, uh, 
I, I think Rashford is going to find some form soon, and I think that makes makes him a really good option. Um, those are probably my top choices at the moment right now. Um, can't think of many other players that really appeal to me, uh, whether at that price point or even below. Uh, there's there's Zaha, who's played rather well. Um, they're away to Chelsea. And again, you go into that, that international break, so who knows what you're going to get when he comes out of that. Willian, as he's always been, is inconsistent. And we might have seen some of his better days already behind him now. Um, hasn't looked all that great for Arsenal recently. Um, I think Mount is a good option for now. I think even Havertz could be a good option. He's been in, got a little in goal, goal involvement now, and maybe that raises his confidence a little bit, and maybe this team now having played together for a few matches, um, maybe that finally... Um, gives them the lift that they're looking for. Captaincy for this game week. All right, this is one of the other things that we we're going to talk about, so let's go ahead and get into that now. So we've talked about De Bruyne. He's really our number one pick for this game week for a couple of different reasons. I've already discussed a couple of them. Another one is ownership. Um, he has such high ownership that if you don't captain him, uh, it's going to work against you even if he hauls. His ownership, or his sorry, his uh, effective ownership should be above 100%, I would believe. So if you don't captain him, you're actually going to lose rank if he has any type of a haul. So um, in some ways, and I hate effective ownership because... It forces you into things that you may not necessarily want to do, um, but it's part of the game for now, and we have to play by those rules. So, um, But either way, um, even if that wasn't a thing, then De Bruyne would still be top of our list. I think you've got to give Calvert-Lewin a shout for sure. <clears throat> um, Jimenez is in that list. And Ings is certainly in that list, and I'll even say um, probably Vardy. He is a player that's all about confidence and momentum, and boy, did he have some of that against Man City. He should be sky-high confidence-wise and momentum-wise going against West Ham this weekend. So I think he would be a bit of a differential pick, if we want to call it that. Um, the Liverpool guys, Mane and Salah, not really, not really rating them for this weekend for whatever reason. I, I don't know what it is. Um, if I had to choose between the two, it's a tough one, right? Uh, if I'm not a big believer in curses or hoodoo or whatever people refer to it as, but, but most sure seems to trend worse away than he does at home. So turns me off of him a little bit, whereas with Mane, it's it's a bit of the, the other. But um, if you have one or the other, it certainly can't hurt to captain them. Um, I think Mo 
because of ownership, much like De Bruyne. Um, if you do have him, it may be worth captaining him just so you can reap any benefits of any sort of haul that he may have. Um, I don't like any of the Man U players as captains this weekend, as I don't um, any of the Chelsea players, quite honestly. I just don't, I don't like the way either of those teams look right now. Um, I would be a wreck if um, I captained players from either of those two teams, quite honestly. Just don't have the stomach for that. Uh, okay, question. Wait till after international break to use wildcard or do it before so I don't miss out on price increases. I would say after. I talked about the price increases already. People get so worked up over those. Some people do, not everyone, of course. But um, it's not that big of a deal, quite honestly. Go through different permutations of your team. See how much of your budget you're using. I always recommend holding on to some budget, maybe half a million, maybe a little bit more uh, whenever you can for reasons like this. Or maybe uh, a player gets injured and you want to get another player, whatever the reason. Always good to have a little bit of money in the bank for a rainy day. But I would, I would recommend as soon as game week four has begun, you can activate your wild card for game week five. Do it then. Put together a team that you really, the most expensive team that you can, where uh, it has as many players that have predicted upcoming price increases as you can, so that you can lock those players in, right? You've now locked in, uh, re regardless of price increases, you've locked in uh, a high-valued team. Now, you may not end up going with that team, but at least you have nowhere to go but down in terms of price, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I think as soon as the the Game Week 4 deadline has passed, you can activate that wild card once the game lets you back in and start to tinker around. But this way, you'll be aware of any injuries coming out of the international break and so on. So uh, I know there's a lot of pressure within the FPL community to start playing those wild cards because we've seen so many other people do it, us included, um, but but don't feel you compelled that you have to do that just because um, it's a popular topic on, um, especially on Twitter right now. Um, let's see if there's any other questions here. A lot of wild card questions. Uh, is Timo ready for Palace? We'll see. I Let's talk about Werner for a second. Um, couple other things regarding him. I don't love where he's been playing. He's he's all over the place. If you look at his heat maps right now, he is literally all over the field, it looks like. Um, all over the pitch, everywhere, all the time. He, he looks lost, quite honestly. Um, and I think a large part of that has to do with, like I said, Lampard just doesn't know where he wants everyone and how what kind of shape he wants. Uh, what kind of roles he wants players to be in. So uh, without that sort of direction, the team is running around um, just kind of everywhere. So um, no, I don't think he's ready. It'll be interesting um, to see if 
if Chelsea do get a pen, what Lampard will do? Will he let Jorginho, if Jorginho's on the pitch, will he let him take it? Or will he let Werner take it just to finally sort of break the seal and get that first Premier League goal? I think as a manager, I would do that, especially with a player like Werner who who used to take pens uh, for his most recent team. It's not like he's never done that before, and it's not like we don't know um, that he converts those really, really well. So um, that would be my advice to Frank, and I'm sure Frank is listening to this podcast right now. So, hey, Frank. Um, but but anyway, um, I, I wouldn't put my money on Werner just yet, especially if you're thinking about captaining him. Um, please... And unless you have a high tolerance for risk, which some managers do, um, I, I don't think that would be um, the greatest decision for your your team right now. Um, and then the last topic we'll talk about, and this is one that we talked about even prior to the start of the season, and I'm glad this person asked this, importance of squad depth due to injury and COVID isolations. That is a phenomenal topic. Um it's extremely important to have a deep squad. Ideally, all four of your bench players, and that includes your goalkeeper, will um, will be starters. Now, the goalkeeper maybe not as much as, but so for instance, if you have Martinez uh, as your goalkeeper, maybe you have Steer as your 4.0 million uh, bench goalkeeper, and that's okay because if Martinez isn't playing. It seems like Steer is is the number two goalkeeper, so he'll go ahead and fill in. So in a situation like that, if you have um, a goalkeeper from one team that is your your main goalkeeper, if you want to keep costs low, then go for whomever the, the number two is, the, the backup goalkeeper there. Um, otherwise, I think you need two playing goalkeepers. Uh, and on the bench, you can get good players for cheap, right? We've seen Suchak, I think, is great. Basuma, he's not setting the world on fire, but he's done very well um, for a Brighton team that is also doing really, really well. Their record doesn't reflect their level of play, and that's unfortunate for them, especially for a smaller team like that. I think they deserve more. They've, they've earned it. They hit the woodwork against United five times, I think, right? Imagine if all five of those would have gone in. That game would have been an absolute blowout against United. Um, so they've had some things maybe not go their way. Of course, the the after final whistle, uh, handball, pen that Bruno converted, things like that. Um, but a player like Basuma, back to him, is as cheap as it gets for a midfielder. and um, And I think... That's a player I would want on my bench. So it is absolutely possible to find those players, and I do think it's important um, for the reasons that this person listed in their question. Um, injuries are, of course, something that happened. We've got the international break coming up, and it, there's always someone that comes out of that injured or maybe a couple or a few someones. So that can be a real issue. And um, as we've seen with COVID, Tiago right now is um, isolated for testing positive for COVID. So things like that with big name players, and we haven't had that many big name players um, isolated or testing positive yet, but it's bound to happen. 
Um, even if a player on their team who may not be as well-known or even as, as largely owned in FPL, for example, test positive, all of those other players, all many of the ones that we own and that we love in FPL, um, they may have been exposed to it as well. So um, there's always the chance of that happening. So bench is more so than ever this season important for managers. And I, I firmly believe that. I've been preaching that for, gosh, po since post-restart um, as often as I can. And um, I think it's a great question to end on. And I'll add one other uh sort of uh, period to the end of this, and that is um, if you are only working with a free transfer going into the international break, or maybe you've got two, maybe you've rolled one over and you, you've got two to work with, I would suggest don't make those transfers until um, the end of the following week that leads into um, – the weekend and the, the match week five matches, um, which I would assume is uh, is that Friday. Let's see. Uh, game week five. Yeah, first matches are on that Saturday the 17th, so that'll be um, the, the day of the deadline. So take that transfer as close to deadline as you can because of this reason. International play is just going to be a petri dish for people being exposed to COVID. I think it's a massive mistake to do this right now. Um, I am willing to bet that um, that a highly owned, uh, highly important player will test positive and have, have to be isolated. It's just bound to happen uh, with this level of um, of intermingling and people coming from all over the, you know, other countries and this and that and all the travel, um, that's bound to happen as well as, um, there will probably be a key injury or two coming out of the break too. So hold on to those free transfers until, um, we know that we're sort of in the clear with those things. All right, guys, thanks to everyone that submitted their questions. We love it. Thanks to everyone that interacts with us on, um, Instagram especially because that's where we are most active, um, but on Twitter too, who listens to this podcast, everyone is great. Um, life is good um, being part of Let's Talk Soccer because of you. So um, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. You guys um, are a fantastic community to be around, and, and that's something that we never take for granted. So um, best of luck to everyone, and go get those green arrows. Best of luck in game week four, guys.